Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. That's right. I hope everybody out there is doing well. I'll tell you, once again, it snowed in Boston. Okay, once again, I don't know what's going on here. Are we still in winter or are we in spring? What's happening? Well, we had a little few, a few snowflakes again. So I don't know what to make of this stuff here, folks, but at least I didn't have to shovel, so I'm not complaining too much. Listen, on this week's episode, I'm going to be reaching out to a few friends of mine. You know, we're still experiencing this lockdown all over the world, so I have some folks who are going to share some thoughts on what's going on just in general, pro wrestling, you know, that crazy documentary that they're doing on Michael Jordan on ESPN. You know, I have somebody going to come on and talk about that in a few. So, let's just jump right in. You know, my, my first guest today is such an incredible person. I mean, this lady wears a million and one hats. She, she never sits still. She's always got something going on because she's just that talented. I mean, she's a former pro wrestler. She was a manager in wrestling, you know, she's a producer and, and really the, the brains behind the big veto brand Okay, I'm going to get myself in trouble, but I'm telling you, she's the brains behind that big veto brand there. And also, she has a show that was just exclusively picked up by the Russo brand. We're talking about uh, Mr. versus Mrs. So we'll definitely get some information about that in a sec. But without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. We are talking about the lady known as Lil Noel, a.k.a. Noel. Harlow Lagrazo. How you doing there, Noel? I'm good, Duke. How are you? I'm fantastic. And you know, it's great to hear your voice uh, as usual because you're, you're definitely one of my favorite people out there. Um, I, before we get going, though, I got to give you a hard time because what I saw this past week has just completely thrown me for a loop. You Normally, you know, you just post the regular pictures out there, you and Vito, you know, going to Disney hanging around the, the golf course, you know, doing all these normal things in life. But recently you, you dug into your bag of tricks and you posted some photos that were so well-received that all the creeps started going on your social media and commenting, oh, how hot she is. Look at that hair. All these different things going on here. So I need to know right now, Lil Noel. I need to know what's going on. I mean, you're acting as if we're going back in time to the Maxim Magazine days or something like that. What are you doing posting these thirst traps online? What's going on here? Well, I was tired of looking like the word quarantine definition. Like I wanted to fix up a little bit. Honestly, I'll tell you the truth. I've, I've been on a kind of a healthy kick um, that my husband and, and DDP got me started on. And uh, I'm trying to um, you know, lose weight, get in better shape, um, you know, feel better. And I got, I really just got bored one night, did my makeup, went in the bathroom and took some pictures. I had no idea I was going to turn into Jessica Rabbit overnight. But I mean, that's kind of just what I look like, really. But I'm so used to posting me wearing mini ears and, and you know, having, watching Vito play golf that like, you know, it was nice for a change to get dressed up and fancy. And I mean, I just wore like a tag top and did my makeup and hair. That was about it. But I've just been on this diet. So I was a little proud to show it off, you know. And that's, that's all the pictures were. Just for some reason, everybody really, really went crazy. I, mean, I had 50 friend requests from Facebook the next morning in my inbox. I'm like, really? 
<laughs> from like a, one picture. Like, come on, this is crazy. But that's all it was. I just didn't want to look quarantined anymore. Everybody can relate to this. Uh, and I, I love the way you said that too. I didn't want to look quarantined anymore. I mean, the fact that we're not regularly going through our, our normal day, you know, going out to eat or, you know, getting dressed up to go do something, whether it's work or, or hanging out, seeing friends, what have you. Um, we're all just kind of bumming it around the house. You know, we got our sweats on and, and maybe we're not putting on the, the good moisturizer or, or, or the good makeup or what have you there. So for you to get all dolled up like that, like you said, you, you looked exactly like Jessica Rabbit. I mean, that was the, the comment that everybody kept throwing out there. Um, how much of a, of a confidence boost was that to, to go from being on lockdown for, you know, almost two months now to having something to get dolled up for and getting that kind of reaction? What, what was the confidence boost like? Well, it's, uh, it was cool. It, it really was nice to have people say nice things. Um, you know, I've been on lockdown a really long time because I am at risk because I have some health problems. So I've been on lockdown before everybody else kind of went on lockdown. So I've been in the house a long time. <laughs> so it was really good. I actually just, I took the pictures originally just to show Vito that his wife was still here in case he was looking for her because this other person that wakes up in the house with him definitely was not like you know I get up every day makeup hair or whatever and then we go about our day we're always on the go we're always doing something to keep you know to keep busy since the lockdown we've just been sitting in the house like trying to invent things to do so I wanted to show him like I was I was still here and looking good and then I said I'll just put him up online to show everybody I'm still alive and then bam they just kind of blew up but it felt really it felt really good that people that people like that and it's funny they were people were saying Jessica Rabbit because my cousin is a Jessica Rabbit lookalike. So it was, I guess we look alike. So it was kind of funny that they said that. Well, you know, this has got to be the challenge now, uh, little Noel. We, we got to do a, a, a Jessica Rabbit challenge where your cousin has to, you know, post her pictures now. We got to put them all out there and, and do like a hashtag or something like that. You just stumbled across something here. Oh, maybe I, maybe I should. I, my, my cousin is, um, she models. She's been in a lot of different uh like she does like the alternative type of magazines and things like that. Her name is Michelle. Um, I, I share her info every once in a while. If you guys go to my social media, she's, she's up there, but yeah, she, she and I could do a Jessica rabbit off. That would be uh, that'd be pretty cool. Actually. <laughs> Who looks more like Jessica rabbit. We, we got to get this trending folks. Okay. The Jessica rabbit challenge, little Noel, her cousin, Michelle, you know, I, I know April Hunter, if you're listening out there, we can get you involved there. I know you and Noel have been friends for years, too. Let, let, let's get something going on here with all you, wh whether you're a natural redhead or not, we can get a, a Jessica Rabbit challenge going, get everybody all stirred up out there. You know? yeah, get everybody going with the Jessica Rabbit challenge for 2020. <laughs> we need some positives. Jessica Rabbit's a very positive thing. So I say we go for the the challenge. Everybody post your best Jessica Rabbit picture. One of the things that I was very surprised about when you and I first met and we were talking and, you know, I first was getting to know Vito. We all become good friends, you know, since then and what have you. But you kind of broke the news that Vito is 100% into his, his skincare routine and he's in the bathroom and he's got to look perfect and, and you know he's doing all these things so, so you got to tell me because you're married to this guy how does it feel to be married to somebody who takes more time priming themselves and getting themselves all done up in the bathroom than, than you ever do it's interesting because um you know in my past of dating and, and what have you i never dated an actual princess before and Vito is my is he's my princess um yeah, he he has underneath of his sink is filled with so much skincare stuff. It fills up underneath of his sink. I'm talking like witch hazel and different masks and all kinds of like oh I don't know. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I walk out and his entire face is green because he's covered in a mask. And I'm like, really? Like I just wake up and then he goes and washes it off and he comes back and his face is blue. He put on another mask. He's very girly, dude. Right. My husband's very, very much a, a pretty little princess. Which is crazy because, you know, Vito is also this big, tough guy who can knock everybody out and what have you. You would never know 
that he's the guy that is more likely to hang out at the salon and hang out with the girls and do the gossip and all that stuff while he's getting his nails done and what have you. So, so he's got to be having a tough time with this lockdown stuff because he can't visit the salon right now. Oh, he's going crazy because he can't get his uh, manis and petties. He goes every Friday, like religiously. I don't go. I do my own nails. He goes to the salon every Friday, gets his manny and petty. He gets, you know, they touch up his eyebrows. I mean, he seriously is, uh, when we're talking princess, we're talking princess at the highest level of princess. Like he likes to be girly pampered. He, he'll even tell me, like if he looks at me, he'll tell me, oh, it's time for a haircut. It's like, he will let me know if I am not up to his level of, of, of uh, royal pampered princess. He will tell me, he'll, he'll tell me about it. And he's freaking out because he's like, I need my, my pedicure. I need my pedicure. Every week, it's I need my pedicure. I always tell people, like when they ask me what Vito's like, you know, at home, like the real Vito, and everybody thinks Vito's like the big Vito, tough guy character, where he is a tough guy. I don't want to diminish that at all. He's more like the dress-wearing Vito then he is that big, tough, scary guy. Like, he likes to be, you know, pampered and, and royal. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And again, like I said, it was, it was really interesting to find that out because, listen, Big Vito LaGrazzo is a scary dude. You do not want to get on his bad side. You don't want that guy coming after you because he definitely can handle himself. There's no two ways about it. He grew up in the old neighborhood and he knows, you know, who's who and what's what. And, and they know him, too. But like you said, to, to have this side where he understands the importance of taking care of yourself, pampering, uh, not only the, the physical aspect because it makes you look good, but also to feel good about yourself and what have you. It's really a unique uh, quality that he possesses there. And, and, and the way that it translates too. it's why people just can't get enough out of the guy. They get a kick out of the guy. But I know that you kind of keep him grounded by continuing to point out that at times it can get a little silly, right? Uh, Vito is very silly on a daily basis. I do have to kind of bring him back down and go, like, I'm basically the straight man in this relationship. You know what I mean? Like, he goes off on these tangents and I just sit there and I go, no, you're not. No, you didn't. No, you weren't there. No, you didn't see this. His biggest thing was, oh, I was there. I was there. I did this. I did that. He claims he played for the Knicks, Duke. He claims he played for the New York Knicks. He never played for the New York Knicks, but he swears he was there. I said, when? He goes, back in the day. I said, how'd you play for the Knicks back in the day? 10-day contracts. I was benched a lot. That's his, that's his response. He really believes he played for the New York Knicks. This guy, is, he's a trip. He is a walking character. Walk a character. He says, um, he goes, I rescued, uh, I rescued bars like on bar rescue. I said, no, you didn't rescue bars like on bar rescue. He said, yeah, I did. I went there for the night and rescued it. That's his, that's his shtick. Like he, you know, he thinks he rapped with Biggie Smalls. Like, no, he didn't rap with Biggie Smalls. And then he comes out with some rap where he calls himself the B-I-G from the L-O-G. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know where the L-O-G is other than his last name. This, this is Big Vito LaGraza we're talking about, folks. I'm telling you, the man, he, he could possibly be delusional. We don't know yet, but <laughs> I don't want to be the one to tell him this because, you know, like we said, he, he's, he's a big, tough guy. I don't want any problems. You know, he might, he might take the trash can and put it upside your head like he used to do in the WCW and ECW days. So I'm not going to tell him. But Lil Noel, you're, you're tougher than him, so you can tell him. So it's, that's fine. You know, I'll let you be the person to, to keep him grounded and what have you there i gotta bring him down sometimes you know like he get he's just he's just out there and like you'll you'll be sitting and you'll be quiet and everything in the house will be really quiet and he'll be playing his music and he'll have on the bgs and out of nowhere he'll go i really need to get some hair like barry gibb like who says things like that where are you gonna just get hair like barry gibb like this this is Vito. if he comes out with barry gibb hair you know why he he wants flowing hair all of a sudden and he has hair. He just shaves it off. Vito actually has hair. That's breaking news to everyone. Vito has hair. He's not naturally bald. You see that, folks? We're going to tell all the secrets today, okay? We are going to put Big Vito LaGrazzo's business out there. Breaking news, he has hair. 
Okay, so all you dirt sheets out there, I just tossed you a bone, little Noel. She just she just broke the news for you. There, you make sure you give the credit where credit is due. But Big Vito Lagrazo is not a true baldy. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, he's not bald. He also once had a perm. We we uh, we exposed that on one of our shows. He had a perm. He used to have a bleach blonde mohawk, and then somewhere between perm and bleach blonde mohawk. He shaved all his hair, and he hasn't grown it back since the '80s. This is unreal. This is a, we're talking to Lil Noel, aka Noel Harlow Lagrazo. She's given all the secrets behind Big Vito Lagrazo. He has hair. He likes to go get his pedicures at the nail salon, and allegedly, he he played for the Knicks back in the day. Whatever that means, there. You know, <laughs> Noel. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch speeds for a second here because. I know a few months back, I made a suggestion to you because you're, you're a reality TV person. You've done podcasts where you've analyzed different reality TV shows. I know the Teen Mom thing was something that you were really on the cutting edge with. You got to interview a lot of the stars from that, that show and what have you. In fact, I know that um, on the Russo brand, you're responsible for the, the record for the most downloads or, you know, podcasts on that, that brand. What was the record that you set? When we were with Podcast One, we did an interview with Janelle Evans, and we ended up having 500,000 downloads in, I think it was 48 hours, uh, which was huge, even for Podcast One. If you look at it, the Teen Mom ratings are about a million, a million people, they believe, watch Teen Mom. I had half of their viewing audience download that podcast. That's, that's huge. That's a lot. That's incredible. And, and that just speaks to your ability and, and, and the quality of what you put out there. I mean, you're always doing different types of shows and concepts and what have you, and people respond to it. It's good stuff. So, so I got to ask you, though, because I've made a suggestion to you a few months back to start watching 90 Day Fiance. Have you, have you watched any of the episodes? And if so, what's your first impression here? I had watched them a while ago, and then I kind of lost track because they went into the happily ever after, and you know they branched off into different kind of sections of what it is. So I decided I'm in lockdown. I can't go to Disney World. Duke suggested it. I started watching the 90 Day Fiance again, and I'm hooked. I'm literally like, hooked. Um, Big Ed is hysterical. Big Ed is the funniest person I have ever seen. Him going over to uh, see his girlfriend in Thailand has to be one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So I am definitely a a Big Ed fan. I think he's hysterical. But um, yeah, I've been tossing around jumping back into reality shows. The first time um, Vinny and I stopped doing it, um, was because we had, because of that 500,000 um, download show, we had Janelle Evans on. And she, I don't want to get into all the details, but she had some activists that were against her for something she had done in the past. And they went after me and Russo, even though we never talked about anything related to that. They went after us and we had gotten some death threats and some pretty serious stuff. So I had backed away from doing the reality shows. And so did he, we just kind of were like, okay, that's not worth it (laughs) moving on. But this 90 day fiance thing has me intrigued. So I am considering diving back into the reality TV world, maybe interviewing uh, a couple of, a couple of people um, to see just, you know, what, what makes them tick? (laughs) Cause that is one crazy show. Dude, I don't know how people, I can understand meeting people online and meeting up that that's the times we live in. But meeting people that live 4,000 miles away from you and don't speak the same language as you and can't understand you, that one intrigues me. That one really, really gets me. I can't remember the lady's name, but she ended up marrying the man from Turkey, and they did not at all speak each other's language, but they were beekeepers. So they, they kept bees, and that's how they kind of met online was they were both beekeepers. But how do you have a relationship with somebody that you literally have no way of communicating with at all? Well, you're absolutely right, and it's just incredible to see how this stuff ends up. And, and that's why I really wanted you to take a look at it because I wanted to hear your, your perspective on this. Going back to, to Big Ed, he's starting to go viral right now because – 
somebody put out a clip of one of the episodes where he, he, he met the girl for the first time in Thailand. And one of the first things he told her is that her breath stinks. And he gave her mouthwash and he gave her toothpaste and all this stuff. I mean, how do you even broach that topic? The first time he meets the young lady and, and his first impression is, oh, your breath stinks. The thing with that is she looked at him and she's like, it's not my breath. I have an untreated stomach ulcer. And then he's like, oh, like, at least you should talk to her and understand. Like, you don't know if she has a medical problem or, you know, she lives in a poor country. She can't get treated for something like that. He also told her, your legs are hairy and I don't like that. So shave and gives her a razor. Like, come on, Ed. Like, you know, Ed's a big wrestling mark. I don't know if you knew that. No. So this is breaking news here for me. So so Ed is a, is a wrestling mark. Huh? He's a big fan. Huge wrestling fan. If you um, if you check him out on his Instagram, um, he has all kinds of like he cuts promos on there and he's got he's dressed up like Nacho Libre. He's got a lucha hood like he's a wrestling guy like he's which, you know, sometimes that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but big, big Ed's a wrestling guy. He's he's a fan, so maybe he'll hear this. <laughs> if you're listening right now, Big Ed, number one, I got to connect you with with uh, Lo Noel, Noel Harlow Lagrazo, because you definitely got to at least do an interview on Big Vito Brand and one of her shows. Please, I'm begging you. I think the two of you could have a great conversation. And in addition to that, Big Ed, I want to have you on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast because I got to talk about your wrestling fandom. I need to know some things about this big Ed. I mean, here's a guy that probably missed his mark. He, he would make a hell of a wrestling manager. Wouldn't you think, Noel? Oh, yeah. He's got it. He has, he has the look to be a wrestling manager. Like, he definitely looks like an old school, like, humperdink kind of look to him. He could definitely pull off being a manager. And he's kind of like a flashy little dude, too, if you look at his uh, his Instagram. Like, I'm putting this guy over huge. I don't even know him. But if you look at his Instagram, oh, my God, he's hysterical. But I, I honestly, like, I want somebody to come on from 90 Day Fiance and explain to me how this works. Like, Vito and I did long distance for a long time. Um, because he lived in Florida and I lived in Pennsylvania, but we saw each other constantly. Like he was home wrestling and I would come down and, and visit him and we would go back and forth. And we spent like sometimes a month or more together. Just, you know, that's how it worked. We did that for, for a couple of years, but we spoke the same language. You know, we didn't have a different language and we had our phone always worked. Our internet worked. Some of these people don't even have phone or internet working. And Oh, another one that gets me Duke is, um, Baby girl, Lisa. Oh, my God. Don't even bring her up. What is going on with baby girl, Lisa? Baby girl, Lisa. The baby love. (laughs) Those two get me. Like, I don't see, I don't really, you know, I'll try to interfere in people's things, but I don't get what the attraction is with baby girl, Lisa, other than maybe he wants to come rap in the U.S. is the only thing I can figure out. Baby girl, Lisa's a mess. She wants to get married. This is why I'm telling you, Noel, you got to do a 90-day fiancé show. We, we want to hear you interview some of these folks. And listen, anybody, anybody listening right now, if you've never seen 90-day fiancé, here's the point. This is the most pro-wrestling stuff going on TV right now that isn't pro-wrestling, but it, it's so relatable. It's just over-the-top, ridiculous. And here's the crazy part. I think, for the most part, it's real, which... If, the, if it's a work, it's the best work I've seen on TV in a long time. I think Agreed. these folks are really, really delusional and really sucked into this world of, I have this person on the other side of the world that I want to marry, even though I've never even met this person. I mean, what do you think, Noel? Is it a work or you, or you think this is, this is real here? You know what? I would think it was a work if they weren't like having babies and <laughs> they're like literally living life, but... Oh, I don't, uh, I can't like people flying over to Russia. The the one kid flies over to Russia. His fiance is having a baby. They spent a couple weeks together in a summer at ocean city. And now all of a sudden they're having a baby in Russia. He's like, well, I didn't know we had any tensions with Russia. He flies over there. Can't figure out why he can't get her back. He had no idea there was any kind of political tensions there. Like they don't even do their research about the countries they come from. They're just all of a sudden, 
you know, into it. And, and then their friends are going, you know, hey, did you realize that there's a lot of scammers that come from Nigeria? No, really? Like they don't even educate themselves. It definitely is like wrestling without the wrestling. This is the funny part. And this is the part that really intrigues me about the show. Why I can't stop watching. In a subtle way, it's showing us how we're ignorant in America because we don't respect other people's cultures enough. And a lot of these folks that you see on that show, like you said, they don't do their research. They don't learn about what's going on on the other side of the world, how our country interacts with those countries, the reason why you can do certain things here, but you certainly can't do it over there, their customs, their practices, what have you. If you don't do that type of research yet, you're going to marry somebody from over there and you're going to go over wherever over there is. It really speaks to the ignorance of, well, I'm an American. I can do whatever I want. And a lot of these folks find out the hard way that it just ain't that way once you step outside of our borders. No, I agree. Um, I think that uh, people don't educate themselves. They don't, people don't realize how good they have it in the U.S. They, they truly, truly don't. Unless you go other places or you smarten yourself up to that situation, they're going over there going, how does this hotel not have hot water? Well, some people don't have hot water. Some people don't have hot showers. Some people don't have electricity. We're very spoiled here in the U.S. of the things we get to have and the things other people don't. And um, we don't understand that there's some things that we do here that are common and are fine, but you go to another country and they're considered rude. Your way of dress or um, the, the way you carry yourself. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example in the U.S. At Disney, when you're a cast member, they don't want you to point with one finger. They say they want you to point with two fingers. So you say somebody, oh, um, Splash Mountain is this way, and you point with two fingers. And they say, and everybody makes up a rumor why, oh, Walt Disney always pointed with two fingers. Oh, this is this. this. But the real reason is because in some countries, pointing with one finger is rude. It's considered an insult. So they want you to point with two fingers, but a lot of people don't know that. So they just make up these mythical reasons why you can't point with one finger. It's because we don't educate ourselves that that's considered ignorant in some places. We just, we, we don't smarten ourselves up enough to the places around us. And these people really should, before they go, read about the cultures they're going to. And here they go, and then they wonder why people are getting angry or offensive. Um, you know, the one girl from Brazil, they had a baby shower for her in Oklahoma. And the mother was getting angry because she was an hour late. But their custom is you start the party and the guest of honor comes an hour late. Nobody told the mother this and the girl didn't understand because all she was told is it's a baby shower for which she had never been exposed to a baby shower before. So she was treating it like a party and she showed up an hour late. So then everybody's angry because people left early because she showed up late and the, the mother was mad she showed up late, but neither did any research on either's culture to understand why that occurred. So just everybody was angry. That's, that's where I have a problem with this show. Like People don't smarten themselves up enough. Incredible. And, you know, it's funny because just to bring it back home, it speaks to the importance of pro wrestling on a worldwide stage because, really, you wrestlers and, and folks in the wrestling industry, past, present, and future, you're ambassadors more than anybody else. Athletes, pro wrestlers, entertainers in general, you guys get to see the world. And you guys get to be exposed to all these different cultures. And really, you know, the public counts on you to kind of help us understand some of this stuff. And, and for the most part, you, you know, you, you folks, especially in the wrestling industry, you've done a great job with that. But unfortunately, people are still just doing what they do. And 90 Day Fiance is a great example. It's must-see TV just because of how ridiculous and over-the-top it can be, just like pro wrestling is. You know, Noel, you wear so many hats and I mentioned it in the beginning of the show. You do so many different things. Briefly touch upon what you have going on right now. If, if you if somebody were to say, what do you do? Name all the things that you're involved in right now. Oh, boy, there's a lot. Well, if somebody asked me what I do, the most important thing I do is I'm Mrs. Big Vito. And that's the best title I can have is Mrs. Big Vito. Because as much as I pick on my husband for being a pretty little princess, he is the best husband in the world. And I'm very proud to be married to him. And um, we do a lot of projects together. Um, I think the, the thing I do the most is I produce all the programming on the Big Vito brand. I, um, 
I direct it, produce it. I choose the music for it. I edit it. I, I do all that. Um, it keeps my brain sharp because a lot of people know I had a stroke. So I have to continue to keep up with doing things active like that, that I used to do. So I do that. I do all the graphic design for that. Um, uh, right now I'm currently putting together a brand new studio in our house, um, which is coming along. We have tons and tons of new equipment coming and all kinds of things that are going to be neat. So that's coming pretty soon. You'll see that. Um, we also, like you said, at the beginning of the show, we got picked up by um, exclusively for the Russo brand. Now with our show, our debate show, Mr. Versus Mrs., where we pick a topic every week and we debate it. The fans get to vote. And then if you lose four in a row, you have to take a punishment. Vito's is usually eating something fatty. I haven't been punished yet because he has never won a vote since October. He is in the landslide of losing right now. He has yet to win a vote, dude. Not one. Not a single one. So those are all the things that, that I, I do for the Big Vito brand and for the Russo brand. And I just try to keep busy and keep it out there. And I run all the social media and all that stuff. So I just want to, you know, keep it alive. Keep it going. We have a good time doing it. And I have a good time doing it. I appreciate everybody that watches or listens to us. I really do. It's, uh, it's a labor of love, let's say. And this is what's important to note, folks. I mean, a lot of this stuff, the majority of this stuff is, is video. So it's not just audio, which is what I focus on personally. Uh, when you check out the Big Vito brand, when you check out the stuff that uh, Noel and Big Vito Lagrazo, what they do together and, and what have you, it's really interesting because you get to watch them as they're discussing things and having a good time. And it's really, really interesting. And there's so much great banter, playful and and but insightful at the same time, just to really, it's great to see a family be a family together and, and show range. You know, although you folks are from the pro wrestling industry and you really have dedicated your lives um, to pro wrestling, there's also other things going on. So when you talk about other things like the reality TV stuff, it's really fun. When you talk about Disney, it's, it's really fun to kind of say, oh yeah, that's right. They're real people too. And, and they have uh perspective on other things as well. So I definitely encourage everyone to check it out. In fact, Noel, let everybody know, how can they, they find you? How can they watch all the great content that you're constantly putting out? Plug everything, please. Okay. If you guys want to watch all the shows we do here at the Big Vito brand, we are on twitch.tv slash the Big Vito brand. We are Twitch affiliates. So if you want to go there, you're able to follow. If you really enjoy it, you can subscribe. It's um, free. If you have Twitch on Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. Um, we have a lot of shows on there. The uh, Vito does a ton of shows. There's wrestling and there's also non-wrestling. He does the man cave. Sometimes we stream video games on there. Um, we stream Xbox games on there. Uh, we have have uh, Virtue's brand of wrestling is on there. We have DJs After Dark with Danny J. Uh, we are on every Monday exclusive with the Russo brand on the Realm Network, Mr. Versus Mrs., which is our debate show. Um, we are also on iHeartRadio. If you want to check out the Big Vito brand on iHeartRadio and everywhere you can listen to your audio podcasts, we're also on Alexa devices. So if you have one of those, um, all you have to do is say the Big Vito brand to listen to our podcast. And you can even um, set up a flash briefing where you get our podcast automatically um, come to your uh, device when you say flash briefing. Her name is Lil Noel, a.k.a. Noel Harlow Lagrazo. She is a multi-talented person, producer, host, Jessica Rabbit lookalike, and as she said, most importantly, she is Mrs. Big Vito Lagrazo, which is pretty cool. Noel, thank you once again. As always, appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Duke. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. So, folks, it's been really interesting to see the stuff that's on television, because keep in mind, we don't have live sports right now, right? Which absolutely, you don't realize how important live sports is until you're in a situation where it's not happening anywhere and you see the programming on TV, what are they filling these spots with in order to attract attention? And it's, you know, it's meager, meager offerings, which again is a great situation for pro wrestling because that's the closest thing you're going to get to live sports until we get past this global pandemic. Um, one of the things 
that was rushed. It wasn't supposed to air yet, but they rushed it to put it out right now because people need to see it right now is a 10-part documentary on Michael Jordan in that last year that he was with the Bulls when they won their sixth championship. It's called The Last Dance. So I, I reached out to my buddy, the, the well-respected Lavelle Porter. You know, he's from BlackRabbit.com. You know, he's, he's written for wrestling uh, sites, the whole nine yards. I want to... Well, listen, I, I'm trying to do a, an opening here, uh, Porter, and you just cut me right off. I'm excited, man. I'm, it's been a while since I've been on the show. I'm extremely excited Well, to be back. It's I mean, just amazing to me that I was trying to, you know, put you over and stuff, and then you just completely cut me off. Obviously, this, this whole coronavirus lockdown has got your brain all mixed up. Coughing sound, but I, I decided not to. Okay, Porter. Okay. Well, welcome back to the show, Lavelle Porter. How are you holding up before we get to the Michael Jordan stuff? How are you holding up? I don't know. It's just one of those things where you always hope to be able to work from home, but then when you finally get the opportunity, you realize working from home is great as long as there's nobody else here. So just trying to navigate that. I'm sure, um, you know, 90% of, well, excuse me, probably more like 60% of the country is going through the same thing. How about yourself? Well, you know me, man. I, I never let the highs get too high or the lows get too low, but mm -hmm. One of the things that I noticed the other day when I was at the grocery store grabbing a few things and I saw a young kid, the kid couldn't have been more than two, three years old, and the mother was holding the kid and the kid had a mask on and everybody in the store had a mask on because that was the rule. Everybody had to wear a mask in the store. Mm -hmm. they, even, they even have people at the grocery store in the front of the store telling you you can't enter unless you're wearing a mask. Right. And I thought to myself, I wonder what is going on in this young child's mind to see the world change so instantly. And just how, how does that kid processing the fact that suddenly everybody's wearing a mask and it's like suddenly it's Halloween every day or something like that. It was just a really interesting thing to see. And, and it really made me wonder because if I was that kid's age, what would be going on in my head with all this stuff going on, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would be too busy running and jumping around with a mask on my face, acting like I was Scorpion or Sub-Zero. But I was a weird kid, so I, maybe I'm not a good person to ask that. Well, I'm glad you said it before I did, because you definitely were a weird kid. There's no two ways about it. Um, so The Last Dance, this this docudrama, this 10-part this documentary about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls that last year that they won a championship. This was their sixth championship. I believe it was six championships in seven years, eight years, something like that? Yeah, it was like eight years because it was a two-year gap. That's right. So, so let me ask you this, Porter. Let me just fast forward and just get right to it because clearly Michael Jordan, he's one of the greatest players of all time. He's not the greatest in my opinion. I still say Bill Russell, Boston Celtics, 11 championships. Until you win 11 championships, you don't boast that you're the greatest anything. But Jordan's one of the greatest of all time. He was mom's apple pie. Everybody loves Michael Jordan. He has a whole sneaker line and, and clothing line named after him. He owns his own winery and all this other stuff going on. Jordan is mom's apple pie. But he was not the nicest guy in the world behind the scenes. I mean, cussing his teammates, punching a few of them in the face, threatening to kick them off the team, all kinds of crap. At one point, he's doing a huddle and he says, we better get this first win this season now. I ain't going to say it again now. You hear me? And like screaming at his teammates like he's going to whoop them if they don't win that game. So my question to you is simple, Porter. In my opinion, I think Michael Jordan would have been perfect for pro wrestling. In fact, I think Michael Jordan is the Hulk Hogan of the NBA in many ways, not just because he's, he's well-revered and, and what have you, but because behind the scenes, he probably wasn't the nicest guy in the world. Not even probably. He wasn't the nicest guy in the world, just like Hogan. So my, my question to you, Porter, is, in your opinion, who is Michael Jordan if he was a pro wrestler? So here's the thing. Uh, you you kind of put me on the spot here. I just want to first address your Hulk Hogan point. Totally understand the parallels that you're trying to draw between um, Jordan and Hogan. Uh, the only problem is Hogan would never be, it, regardless of who loves Hulk Hogan, nobody's ever going to say he was the best in the ring. So, you know, you said that Bill Russell is the greatest basketball player ever, fine, but you said Michael Jordan's one of the best. I don't, I don't know that as far as their actual skill at doing their craft, the physical part of it, if, if that's necessarily a good comp. 
Um, now then you have to look at somebody like maybe like a, a Ric Flair. Does that fit? Not exactly because, it, you know, for as much of a big as a, an asshole as Jordan was behind the scene, he didn't necessarily do it in front of a microphone, in front of a crowd. That was Ric Flair's thing. And Ric Flair was supposedly the nicest guy, you know, ever in the back, unless you're Teddy Long. Um, so, I mean, who does that leave? Um, it, it's, it's really, really tough trying to draw uh, a parallel between, um, the two. I mean, part of me, this guy wasn't as big in the industry as like um, um, Michael Jordan is, but I think a better parallel would probably be somebody like Mr. Perfect. Um, you know, one of the best in the ring, not necessarily the nicest guy backstage. You know, the, as far as the fame is concerned, it probably doesn't match. But I mean, think of all the stories that you heard about Mr. Perfect backstage ringing people or, or, or uh, cutting Xbox hair or, or doing this, that, and the other those mean evil things that, you know, uh, Mr. Perfect might've done, even though he was still universally, like people just kind of dealt with his asshole tendencies. Um, I think it's more and more of a correlation between him and someone like Michael Jordan than Hulk Hogan. Well, I'm not surprised that you disagree with me, Porter. Well, can we compromise on this? Well, what if we were to take the soberness mm-hmm. of Triple H? Cause you know, Triple H is straight edge. He, ne- he doesn't yeah. identify it, but the guy doesn't even really drink, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't smoke anything like that. And right. Michael Jordan never did any drugs and, he he didn't drink until much later in his career, and he's still not considered a heavy drinker or anything no, like cigar that. Cigar smoker. Um, he's a cigar smoker now, but he didn't smoke back uh, when he was first getting going there. Mm-hmm. What if we take the the soberness of of Triple H, and we take the attitude and accomplishments of Shawn Michaels, and we combine mm-hmm. the two? Mm-hmm. What do you say? Is that is that is that a closer? Uh, depiction of the michael jordan if he was a pro wrestler yeah 100 percent. that's way better than your terrible hulk hogan point okay well you know, for the record ladies and gentlemen <laughs> listening porter was a hulkamaniac he had the underoos he had the underoos he would he would say his prayers even though he didn't know what he was praying to he would eat his vitamins i mean he would stay up get up early in the morning and watch the saturday morning uh hulk hogan cartoon the whole nine yards. In fact, there was a cereal at one point. Uh, the reason why Lavelle Porter ate Mr. T cereal is because Mr. T was a friend of Hulk Hogan. I'm just putting that out there. I don't care, Porter. I'll tell all your secrets. Listen, I feel attacked. Why am I being attacked? I'm, I'm supposed to be a guest on this show. <laughs> you like me, how I pulled out the Mr. T cereal, right? What the hell? What kind? That, that was a hell of a reference. Uh, it's, as far as the Hulk Hogan things, I actually just have a little funny story about that. Um, uh, everybody was a Hulkamaniac at, at first when they first started watching wrestling, regardless of whether or not, you know, two years in, you gravitated to like, towards like a Bret Hart or a Ric Flair or whatever. Every, almost everybody started out as a Hulkamaniac. So as the years go on, it became cool to hate Hulk Hogan, you know, before he had the old racist stuff. And now, now you have real legitimate reasons to dislike this guy because he clearly doesn't like us. But that's, a, that's another conversation for another day. So, um, uh, a friend of mine, um, you know him, I think he's been on your show before, um, Old Man Wade, uh, he and I went to go see SmackDown. It happened to be the SmackDown where Hulk Hogan was tag team, tagging with Edge to fight, uh, I believe it was, uh, Billy and Chuck for the tag team titles. So the entire time we know this match is about to happen, uh, me and Old Man Wade are sitting there, we're sitting there, and we're like, you know, Hulk Hogan comes out, you know, screw him, screw him. He's, no, who cares about Hulk Hogan? He's old. Nobody gives a crap. So as soon as um, Real American hit, he looked, uh, Old Man Wade looked at me. I looked at Old Man Wade. We both sighed, stood up and started clapping like five-year-olds and, and doing backflips as he was making his entrance. There's nothing like seeing Hulk Hogan live, uh, regardless of how you feel about him. Um, and just in that moment, no matter how bad I wanted to shit on this dude, I couldn't help it. I had to stand up and, and cheer during Real American. Now, granted, uh, in, in 2020, uh, that wouldn't be the case. I'd, I'd be more likely to throw something at him. But still, I, I just thought that was a funny story. Yeah, as long as you thought it was a funny story, Porter, that's all that matters. You know, it's, as long as you keep hope alive, brother. Listen, <laughs> let everybody know how, how they can uh, check out your website, how they can reach out to you. Plug all your stuff there, Porter. Uh, you can find me mostly on um, blackrabbit.com. That's a uh, culture website. Uh, we've been going strong for about two years right now. If you're interested in writing, hit me up. You can find me on Twitter uh, if you have an inquiry. My Twitter account is above average LLP. And you can follow Black Rabbit on Twitter at um, BlackRabbitCom um, at Twitter. You know, it's always fun to talk to the well-respected Lavelle Porter. Uh, me and that guy, we just have some crazy banter going on. And that's from years of knowing Porter and putting up with his nonsense and then putting up with mine. So good stuff. Good stuff. I'm going to keep this train going, folks. Like I said, I'm just reaching out to the 
to some good friends of mine out there, you know, folks who are keeping an eye on things going on as we battle this crazy pandemic. You know, they're plugged in. They're in the know. So our next guest, you know, it's been a while since he's been back on the show, but he's been checking out a great TV series that's really captured everyone's attention, even folks who are not wrestling fans. So definitely going to dig into this. Without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, JB. JB, what's going on with you folks down there in Atlanta? No, man, just trying to stay safe, man. Taking it day at a time, man. I wear rather get the hand sanitizer, the mask, man. Just, just, just make it through this all, all this situation, man. Why everybody be safe? JB, I, I know that the uh, the state of Georgia is supposed to be opening back up. So, are are you going to be ready? Are you going to be out in the malls and doing all that crazy stuff when everything opens back up down there? <laughs> I don't know about the malls and stuff, man. But I got I got to work, so I got to pay the bills. So, I wish they would kind of wait a little while longer, but it it is what it is, man. You know, it's funny, JB, because I know you're a guy like me. You love your food. And I made some some pecan chicken wings the other day. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. I, you know, I thought about you, JB, because you know I had to dip it. You know I had to dip my wings now. I hear you. I hear you. This won't stop that. It won't stop that. Huh? <laughs> I don't care what you say, JB. I am going to dip my wings every time, okay? I hear you. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Because how did you <laughs> – you made this on your own, or you saw a recipe? Or? Well, I, I kind of cheated. They they were already uh, seasoned and all that other good stuff. I just had to throw it in the oven and 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 cook it for about forty minutes, and it was ready to roll, baby. I, I, how'd it turn out? You know, they weren't too bad. They weren't too bad. I actually did a um, a lemon pepper wet, did a lemon pepper wet sauce uh-huh. that I used to to dunk them in and what have you, and they turned out pretty well. All right, all right. hey, that's time, hey. Take a picture of this. I want to see. I want to see what they. Uh, I want to see what they look like. That, that's that's different. I will say that it's different. You are. Uh, let me ask you this: You a drum or a flat guy? Now, see, I got to do my flats, man. I'm not much of a drum guy. I like the flats. I prefer them. I always got to go with my flats, man. Okay, I'm a, I'm a drumstick guy. Wait, you, you know the best part about that, JB, is that if if we get some wings, man, we never oh, yeah. have to worry about the, the one person eating up too much of, of what you like. You can have your, your drums all day long. I'll have my flats. It's a match made in heaven, bro. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, JB, you, you've been watching this, um, this series on the Vice channel, Dark Side of the Ring. And I know that, you know, last season was definitely, it was pretty popular. Folks were saying that it was a great series. But this season, season two, has just been off the chain. I mean, yeah. They've done the Chris Benoit story. You had New Jack. You got Jimmy Snooker. Tell me just from a general standpoint to start off with, JB, how have you felt about season two of, of this Dark Side of the Ring series? It's been really good, man. Really informative. Uh, stuff I didn't know on the wrestlers and just uh, what they go through and just behind-the-scenes stuff. Just That's why I like most just the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like Growing up as a kid, you didn't know all this stuff. So you know, when you hear all this stuff, I'm like, wow, just – Kind of make more sense, kind of put it stuff a little more sense. Specifically with the New Jack episode, because that seems to be the most popular episode. I mean, it was kind of, although New Jack seems kind of crazy, it was a little lighthearted in a lot of ways. Yeah. What were your your impression of New Jack? I mean, how does this guy get away with doing all the stuff that he's been he's done all these years? <laughs> I have no idea. But I was telling my friend of mine, I was like, I don't know if that's really him or like, is the camera on? I right, I'm gonna act like this. Like it felt like as long as the camera on, I'm gonna act like this. I don't think that's really. I, I think that's him, but it's not really him. We got to stay the. That's because I don't think he really wrestles too much. So I got to keep this uh, personality going. So I don't know if he really. He might really be that crazy and other guys. But I don't. I don't feel like it's really him. He's just doing it for the for the camera and stuff like that. Sometimes. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm just saying like I just don't think he really like it. Like just gimmick. So he just kind of act like it. Well, I'll tell you right now, JB, I think you have a good point there. But I have to say, if there's anybody who has taken advantage of their gimmick and worked it all the way to the end, yes. it's got to be yes. New Jack because he's still he's still eating off of that gimmick. He's still yes, finding ways. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Uh, what's the story with uh, where he stabbed the guy and he told him to drop the charges? <laughs> oh, man, that part right there. I'm like, why he really pulled this off? He said he ain't been better for it. It was just, it was a crazy story, man. Like he just keep like he just keep one up in himself his whole 
this old career. Like, how do you get how do you get out of this? And it just wow. It's, it's something interesting, and it just goes to show, which you know makes me wonder about the Jimmy, uh, the Superfly Jimmy Snooker episode. Being a pro wrestler, being somebody who's on TV and having that level of fame, I guess it affords you a lot of benefit of the doubt and a lot of opportunity to get away with certain things because you know the courts have already decided, at least in the civil court, that Superfly Jimmy Snooker is guilty of of murdering that that poor woman there. Um, so to see all of this behind the scenes information and, and get more details of those cases and, and, and that incident in particular, what was your impression? Cause I know that you were a Jimmy Snooker fan growing up, just like I was, I know that you're a big fan of Superfly. Yeah. seeing the documentary and hearing about what he was at least convicted of doing to that, that woman, what's your impression of that JB? It's just, it was just a weird, just. I don't know. It's, it's a lot to take in because the the uh, the police force they said they did the best they could, but kind of felt like they were kind of like maybe paid off a little bit by maybe Vince or whatever. So they didn't really do a good thorough job in uh, doing the more investigating and stuff like that and stuff like that. So it just the whole situation just didn't add up. Like they said, she slipped on the head. Well, he said she slipped on fell on the head, and um, but then uh, one of the uh, another friend of his, I forget his name. He looked, I didn't see him for two, for two guys. He said he was in the car with him, but the police report didn't say it was and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just a lot. Just, a, just, just, I don't know. It could go either way. It kind of go either way. And then, um, at the end, he had dementia, so he couldn't really, uh, he didn't know what, what was really going on and stuff like that. So he, he was kind of out of it too. So it's just, this is a sad situation. This is a sad situation. How, how you feel? What'd you think? Well, just to, to piggyback on what you were saying, you're, you're making reference to um, Sam Fartu, a.k.a. the Tonga Kid. And, and yeah, he was, you know, Jimmy was like his mentor there. But to find out all these years later that he was in the car, that is just crazy to, to find that information out, number one. And I'm with you, man. It, it just really throws me for a loop to hear all these crazy details. Um. Jimmy Jimmy Snooker, I mean, he was just all this this muscled up guy, and he was a high flyer before we really knew much about high flyers. Yeah. So instantly, he was a huge fan favorite, mm-hmm. and somebody that we all looked up to, especially you know considering the fact that although he was Samoan, mm-hmm. he looked like one of us. You know, for mm-hmm. for children of color and especially mm-hmm. black kids, they could look at mm-hmm. Jimmy Superfly Snooker and say, "Yeah, you know that guy represents me." Mm-hmm. Oh, he looks like my uncle. He looks like me, what have you. So really tough to see um, that behind the scenes, he, he was responsible for something so tragic and, yeah. you know, really destroyed somebody else's family and really his own with, with this, mm-hmm. this stuff here. So that's, that's too bad. You know, JB, the, the last one that probably is the most controversial, definitely the most famous of all the episodes, uh, this season so far, the Chris Benoit episode. Yeah. I know that you're, you're a real wrestling fan Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this and though, you know, you're a big Chris Benoit fan, just like me, because Benoit could lay it in. He could wrestle just as well as anybody on the planet to see the details of what he did to his family. What are your thoughts on that? And, and do you feel that the documentary should have came out? Yeah, I feel like it should have came out. At least give a kind of understanding, at least way his head was. Because once Eddie died, he kind of like really broke down, really broke down. And it was just, just it's, it's kind, it's kind of hard for me, kind of hard to believe he did it. Because you think like this your family, this your son, this your wife, you love them. Like, wouldn't nobody don't just kind of hard to part of your brain just don't click like somebody will kill their family. But like, just he, he apparently he did it. I still kind of be iffy on some of that stuff sometimes. This is Sash's wife, man. And from the uh, uh, from the scans, the CTE, I mean, the uh, scans on his brain and stuff like that, it was kind of all scrambled anyway. So they said it might kind of play a part in that also. But it just, like I said, another sad situation, man. Like, you would think uh, you guys kind of got everything. You would think they're going to be going through that kind of stuff. It's a human. It was, it, there's no, it can't affect anybody. They, this 
situations just like that could just not happen to anybody, but just like just people go through stuff. That's all. That's all. That's what I'm trying to say. People go through stuff. They just make them. Everybody can handle handle that kind of stuff. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and it's it's again when we watch these larger than life people, these these superheroes come to life, you know, and these wrestlers that we look up to and we're entertained by to see some of this stuff behind the scenes and some of the things that some are responsible for. It's just, it's like, wow, it's really eye opening, man. And, and it, it humanizes the concept of pro wrestlers. Like they're not superhuman. They are people. And some of them are not so nice. Some of them are not so good people at all, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's just the reality of the situation. I mean, you're a guy who's down there in Atlanta. So I know that you got a chance to see, Chris Benoit through the years. He spent so much time in WCW. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's got to be a, a tough break there. Overall, JB, what do you think of the Dark Side of the Ring series? Do you think that it's, it's been worth it? Are you, are you encouraged? Do you hope they actually continue this? Or, or do you feel that this should be enough here and, and what have you? No, no. I, 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 uh, me personally, I like it because it's the different – Bad story on uh stuff like you don't you didn't know all this stuff going on going on when you were younger and stuff so just be a bit uh side of the business and all that kind of stuff. I know people wanna don't want to expose the business, but sometimes it's kind of cool. Like you just like oh so that's how they that's how this came up with this and this how they how they got to that and this kind of stuff. So it's all just just give you most respect of what they had was during those times and stuff. You what you think? I love it. I love it. I, I'll tell you, man, I, I'm a big fan of documentaries in general because mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of history. Mm-hmm. I like to, to learn about what has happened mm-hmm. in the past so we have an understanding of what we're dealing with today and hopefully prepare ourselves to not make the same mistakes in the future. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you combine that with the love of pro wrestling and, and this dark side of the ring series on, on Vice it's just been so tremendous and and the folks that they're getting the access that they have to get the real inside scoop on these stories. I mean, it just, it blows me away. I love it. I love it. And and I absolutely hope that they continue the series because it's been a fun ride, man. It's been something to look forward to. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I meant to ask you about the Brawl for All. Brawl for All was good too. That was good. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed Brawl for All and, and it really, Two things that I took away from Brawl for All. Number one, what a tragic story for, for Bart Gunn. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. that, that poor guy, he just, yeah. <laughs> they, they treated him bad. He, he should have gotten a push after that. He legitimately won. They treated yeah. him bad. So there's yeah. that. And then the other part of it, I had Vince Russo on my show a few months back. And we talked about people who give him a hard time over decisions that he made, shows that he wrote in wrestling, and how ridiculous that has been. People threatening his life and things of that nature. So to see Jim Cornette essentially admit that he's one of those people. I mean, he left a voicemail threatening Russo and his family, saying he's going to kill them and all this other crazy stuff. That just blew me away, man, because it's like, at the end of the day, it's still pro wrestling. You don't need to kill a guy over making a suggestion to an owner of a wrestling company to, to try something out. I mean, and also I guarantee you Jim Cornette didn't leave a message like that on Vince McMahon's answer machine. You're right. You're right. right? Vince right. is the right. one who owns the company. He's the one who, who allowed these things to happen ultimately. So, so Cornette wants to pick on Russo. Why don't you pick on Vince McMahon? Mm-hmm. Right. So it just try, I, I love, I love the fact that we got that information. We got to see that because it really hammered home the fact that the way that people feel about some of this stuff is so passionate and so strong and quite frankly disturbing <laughs> in some cases that uh, it's just it's really interesting yeah, yeah. i'm enjoying them man. i'm looking forward to them every tuesday <laughs> yes sir yes sir listen jb let everybody know man you want to plug your social media or or a particular website anything you want to plug here's your shot right here uh, hey, just everybody subscribe and uh, join the Duke Love Wrestling crew page. Good stuff in there. We always talk about wrestling. Duke's in there. Um, tell them how you feel all the time, man. You're a good man. You're a good man, JB. And listen, JB, when this is all over, man, we got to get some wings, brother. 
You gotta get some, I got to teach you how to properly eat a wing. We're going to get the right <laughs> sauces for you to dunk, and, and we're going we're gonna to take care of you, all right? All right. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's always fun to talk to JB. Just a hilarious dude, real good guy, huge wrestling fan. So, as you know, I dig that passion, man. It's good stuff. And I know all of you do as well. That's right. I want to thank Noel Harlow Lagrazo, little Noel. She's great. She's great. And what a great idea. I mean, definitely, I got to get Big Ed on the show. I got to get Big Ed on the show because this guy is going viral on 90 Day Fiance and finding out that Big Ed is a pro wrestling fan is just tremendous. Tremendous. That's right. Of course, the well-respected Lavelle Porter. Always a pleasure having you on the show, my man. Appreciate that. Okay, folks, as always, please be safe out there and join me next week. It's going to be more antics, more fun, more craziness, of course. I really, really want you to know that I'm thinking about all of you, okay? And I'm wishing you and your loved ones the absolute best as we continue to ride through this storm. There's definitely a light on the other side of the tunnel, so just keep doing what you're doing. Stay safe out there, okay? Until next week. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Bye-bye, everybody. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.